will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises, and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall, and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen.
He came to set the captives free. God and Father, we worship you. God the Son, we exalt your name. God the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Most Holy One. We thank you for your purification. Thank you, Lord, for these days that we are living in. This end time of existence of mankind on planet Earth. Thank you for the prophetic spoken by you, Lord Jesus, concerning these days as they are coming to pass rapidly. Thank you for all had been done that was said. And we thank you, Lord, for the, for the manifestation and the rising of the glorious church, which is the last alarm bell for the redemption of our souls. Blessed be your name, because God bestowed upon him a name that is above all names. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And so, Lord, I stand in Christ and God and declare, every knee contrary to God, I command you to bow. Lord, we speak over our, our nation, United Kingdom, every manifestation of hell to deceive mortal men and take them to hell. We command them to bow in the name of Jesus. We release the name of Jesus into the four corners of this nation. We release the name of Jesus into the four corners of this city. <clears throat> we take authority by the power invested in the blood of Jesus. We frustrate every activity of Satan. We rebuke every spirit of hell assigned to people to shipwreck them and take them to hell. We say no to it. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We pray the breaking of the heart of men to open unto the Messiah. For it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. He came to set the captives free. Every captive in this city, I command you to be free. Every captive in this building, you are free in the name of Jesus. Every captive in this area, you are set free. Lord, we rebuke the power of the devil. We, we render it nullified by the blood of the Lamb in the name of Jesus. As people talk about Jesus today, that Jesus will be enthroned in the heart of men. And the glory of God shall shine around them. Even as it was in the beginning, so it is now and ever shall it be. We bless you for the joy of salvation, for the assurance of our eternity. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great someone beside you. Merry Christmas. Is that what they say? Uh, amen forevermore. It's a day of joy. It is a day of salvation. Hallelujah forevermore. Please be seated in the heavenly places. Let's put our hands together for the choir. Oh, stop. Yeah, don't, don't put your hands for them for something came to my mind. Just take your seat. We'll clap for them in a minute. Choir, stay where you are, please. Generation. Let's be blessed by this.
freedom that Christ has set us free. No longer to be subject to yoke of slavery. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. I hand over to Pastor Fumi now. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Once more, you're all welcome to this Christmas Day service. This is a day when the world remembers the birth of Christ, but we worship Jesus Christ every single day of our lives. And we are worshiping the soon and coming King. So you are all welcome. I would like to invite to take our first Bible reading for today, Sister Shalom Chuku. She's going to read from the book of Luke this morning. Good morning, church. I'll be taking my reading from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? But the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May May your word be to me, as you have said, and the angel left her. God bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. And our second Bible reading will be taken by Sister Timmy Adijuo. Um, good morning, church. I'll be reading from... Isaiah 9, verse 1 to 7, as it reads, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. In the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of as in the day of Median defeats, 
You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors, every warrior's boots used in the battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be few for fire. But us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness and of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and on his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. Well, say to somebody beside you, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when I was seeking God on what to share with you today, and the Lord told me, continue. For the past one week in this house, we have been looking at your greatest treasure, which is your heart. And for the past six months in this house, the Holy Spirit told us in June, on the last Friday, that we should begin to look into the reality of salvation. And I should challenge people to check themselves whether they are really saved. And I promised you, as the Lord told us, and I took you through, um, you know, lectures about salvation. There are people who go to church today, but they are not born again. And of course, Jesus said, many are called, few are chosen. Jesus said, some will come to me in the last days and say, I perform miracle in your name, or I did this activity in your name, and I say, I never knew you. And that is a very serious uh, statement from Jesus. So we have been going, looking at the evidence of the word of God, not the thought of man or intellect of people, but what did the Bible say? What did Jesus say? And we have gone through several, you know, scriptures that tells you who somebody who is born again is. We all, 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 all understand this. The whole world, even those who don't believe in God, the so-called agnostics, or gnostics, whatever you call them, believe there is hell. To so the place whereby in the lips of the media is the word hell every time. I recognize the fact that within a month, you will hear hell once at least, if not more than once, through the airwaves. Either using it to describe a terrible condition or, you know, describing, you know, a, a, a very unbearable circumstance. So there is evidence of hell in the intellect of man. And if hell does not exist, it would not have been in our vocabulary. And so we looked into various things just to help you understand that, you see, when you die... God does not have mercy anymore. You are under mercy when you are still breathing. And by the time you and I die, there is no such a thing as mercy because it does not exist. The Bible says it is appointed unto man to die once and then judgment. 
And at the same time, we have looked very extensively to the fact that the judgment of God is not something you need to look for. It's not according to human ideology or human thoughts or philosophy. It's according to what Jesus said and what is written in the Bible. Understanding of the law is very, very easy. For a person who will, you know, uh, think in his mind to read the letters of the law. But you see, if somebody tries to understand the law by what other people have said, we recognize that he does not have the real understanding of the law. Because the law is written. And the judges in the world do not judge you by what people say, or opinion of people, or the press opinion. They judge you by what is written. If the judge of the United Kingdom, or the judges of the United Kingdom, can rule against the decision of the Prime Minister and the Parliament of the United Kingdom, and the Prime Minister, though he felt, you know, what his intention was, is quite legal. But when he was brought to the Supreme Court, I'm talking about the issue of the refugees, taking refugees to, um, yeah, we all are aware of it. So, and when he got to the court, the, his, the, the Prime Minister of England now is at the mercy of the judges. And whatever the judges say is binding over the king, over his servant, and over the, over the, the, the Prime Minister and all his team. And so the judge ruled against his opinion, the Prime Minister's opinion. And when the judges rule, nobody can discuss it. When Supreme Court gave a ruling, nobody can discuss Now, in England, <laughs> nobody can discuss it. So is God. And the judges never looked at the position of a prime minister. They, they probably would have said that, oh, don't let's disgrace him. Uh, uh, don't, you know, don't let's come against the, the, uh, you know, the government because we are, part, we are left. First of all, they are the one who implement they had to stand by the criteria of judgment and justice. And they ruled against the Prime Minister's opinion. Talk less heaven. If it is so on earth, in the judgment seat of Christ, there is no favorite. There is no opinion of man. Your ideology will be dead. Really, when we appear before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, we are stripped naked. Totally, you will know the sentence that is hanging over you without being pronounced by God. That is what it is. Because when you exit your body, all the truth you denied when you're on earth will become real to you. And so we will be the judges of ourselves before God pronounced the judgment. But the important thing for you is this, and for me, is to understand that on earth, you are appointed to be born and to die. And after your death is judgment. You have fulfilled, all of you who are listening to me today, have fulfilled the first part of it, which is being born. But the second part, which is death, is waiting for you. Every one of us that is alive. And we must die. At the time, we will die. And so, that on one side. But then we began to look into the evidence spoken by Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew 24. We look so intently to the book of Matthew 24 because of the church. Because the word of concern is that Christians go to hell. Because Jesus said it in, in the scripture, the reality of hell is quite very, very interesting. There has been a confusion in the mind of a good number of people. Do Christians go to hell? 
Yes, they do. Matthew chapter 7. No, well, let, let, me, let me first read this to us. Matthew chapter 7, yes, verse 21. It says, Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, or who said to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so we look at this very strictly. That you may be coming to church and yet you are heading for hell. And Satan will be very happy with you. He doesn't have much problem with you because he has gained you. But then you may be coming to church and you are going to heaven. What is the distinction between those coming to church who is heading for hell and those who come to church who is heading for, for heaven? And we have treated that now for four months. And throughout this week we're talking about your heart. If you look at this scripture, Jesus said, You may call the Lord, Lord, Lord. You may confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Alright? But that is not enough. That statement will not be true if you still struggle to obey what God has said. How do you know those who have really accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? It is by doing the will of the Father in heaven. By doing the will of the Father in heaven. Not doing your own will. Not following what people say. You did not come to this world with people. You came only from your mother's womb. Really, when you die, you may be in a crash. Many people die together. But everybody will find his own way. And because none of us can guarantee our life when you leave this meeting this morning, you cannot tell me you will get to your house and eat the food that you have on your, on, you know, prepare for tonight, uh, today's uh, feast. Nobody can say that. And that is the reason why you must not take the matter of your life easy. You must not fall, you must not play to the hands of Lucifer, who is a master in wrecking human lives and laughing at them in the days of their demise. And so Jesus said, not everybody who call me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of my Father, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we did not, we did, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive our demons, and perform miraculous you know, many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. And that's dangerous for you to be in the church, to come to church sometime. You know, there are some Christians who come to church when they think, and then they, they don't come to church when they don't think. You understand the fact that they are not born again. Absolutely, they are not born again. Because nobody chooses and picks when he goes to his office. And if you are truly born again, the reason why you don't choose and pick when you go to office is because you are employed in that place. And you know that you are employed. And you know that if you don't go there, they fire you. And you know you need their money to, to run your life. Similarly, anybody who you see that is come to church one day, the other day he doesn't come to church. He picks and chooses when he goes to church. And some people come to church only on Christmas and New Year Eve. Come on now. Satan is happy with people like that because he had finished you. He has sucked you with his giant hoover into his a boat, which is called hell. Satan does not have problem with people who argue about what God says when they can read with their own eyes. That is what caused Eve to fall. And so, if you look at what Jesus said here, if someone, people can perform miracles and do many wonders in his name, what about you who have done nothing than just to be coming to church? 
And Jesus used that analogy to help you know that that is the highest esteem that he can give to man who is faithful to him. When you are faithful to God, he empowers you and you perform all these miracles and signs. If God can say to people of such level that I never, never knew you, it's strange, it's strange. And Jesus has said it, the only reason why he will say that to a human being is because you call him Lord, but you are the Lord over yourself. All right? You do not obey what the Bible says. You don't even read the Bible. You may read many storybooks and many novels and stuff like that. Your head is full of human philosophy, but you don't know anything about the Word of God. And so when you are speaking about the Word of God, you have no authority to back up your claim. Authority, which is the written word, to back up your claim. And a day like this, somebody will say that, oh, we are, we are doing Christmas, we expect Christmas message. Let me tell you, this is a Christmas message. Because Jesus is, is not born now. He had been born, he had died, he had gone to heaven. He is coming again, that's why we celebrate him. If anybody goes about talking about the baby Jesus, they are, they are out of focus. They are out of what heaven is saying. Heaven is no more interested in the baby Jesus. No, he had been born long ago. The Bible says unto us a child is born, but to us a son is given. We are not given a child, we are not given a baby Jesus. We are given a son, the son of God. And so, if, if, if Isaiah says, a son is given to you, what, what, what is he saying to the church? Come and check out that son. Who is that son? If you claim to know the son, what did the son say? He says, I'm going to my father to prepare a place for you, and when I, when I have gone, I will come back and take you home. So, anybody who is born of God, have this hope in their heart that the son is coming, and we are going to meet him. And that hope that you have regulates all your behavior or your heart or thinking. Am I talking to you? You are not, you are not going to go to heaven because your father was, was a Christian or before you are, because you are born in a Christian home. Forget about that. If you are born in a Christian home, that is a, an opportunity for you. And your judgment will be stricter than those who are not born in a Christian home. Am I talking to you? Now, so why should, some, why should Jesus say that I never knew you? To some Christians. And why would Jesus say, Christians may end up in hell? If you look at it, the, the, uh, the uh, parables of Jesus, which we're going to deal with in the new year, you'll be amazed. It is not the interest of Jesus Christ that human beings should go to hell. It's not in the interest of Jesus Christ that human beings will go to hell. Really, the Bible tells us that hell is a place of torment. And the Bible says that God had not destined us, He has not destined us to come under wrath of God. And if we look at the scriptures, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him, the word believe in him means submit to his lordship. Not just having a sense of, oh, then Jesus is son of God. Yes, Jesus, I'm a Christian. No, that's not it. What makes you a Christian is your behavior. It's not your confession. It is your attitude that changes after you have uh, acclaimed uh, born again. And so... What am I talking about this morning? I'm talking about why did Jesus come? He came to set the captives free. Let me just read to you from the Isaiah that was read. 
I love this. Go to Isaiah chapter 9. And we read from verse 1. He says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom. When? When Jesus comes. He puts an end to gloom. There will be no more confusion. What is gloom? Gloom typifies darkness. If you check it out in the, in the understanding of what it says in dictionary. Darkness, semi-darkness, dark gloomness, gloominess. You know, it means... In other application, despondence, despondency, depression, dejection, downheartedness. So when Jesus comes, there should be no that existence. Why? If Jesus is coming, is supposed to put an end to gloom, it means that gloom comes from the devil. Am I talking to you? Then he went further, Isaiah went further to say, There is no more gloom for those who are in darkness. So what will happen to those in darkness? Light. A confused man. A frustrated man. When you accept Jesus into your heart, light shines. And when the light shines, darkness vanishes. You don't pray darkness to go. You only need to put on the lights. Somebody say amen. There is no gloom for those who are in distress. So if anybody claims to be in Jesus and you are still in gloom, then check yourself. You are not born again. You are not born again, thank you. He says, in the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun. I love that. And the land of Naphtali, but in the future, which is now, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles, which is us, Gentile believers, by the way of the sea, along the Jordan. Now, the Bible talks about us who were idol worshippers by ancestral birth. Whether we are Indians who worship three million gods, or whether we are Africans, nobody have really counted the number of gods in Africa. But I've told you about my own clan. The gods they serve in my clan. And sub-gods that they serve also in my clan. Because I came from that background, I know devil well. Amen. I didn't hear you respond to me. I know the gimmicks of Satan well. Hallelujah. And as I've sat in the office of a prophet for many years, I've had great encounters of demons by the Spirit of the Most High. And my office and apostle have reacted with them and cast them out of human beings. And people have been set free from all manners of demonic bondages. Look, just as Jesus came to set the captives free. The Bible tells me there is no need for Jesus to come if Satan was not around. Are we together? And he said, in the future, I will honor the, the, the Galilee of Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. Look at the next verse too. Shall we read it together? The people. Did you read that with your, for yourself? I don't like that kind of reading. This is Christmas. You have provoked me to come down. When you read the word of the living God, you read with life. You are spewing out spirits of the word. So that that word will become spirits as you say it. 
and accomplish what God sent it for. Can we read together? The people. Yes. Uh huh. Satan will not silence your mouth. The devil is afraid of the word of God. When you declare the word of God aloud, the book of Revelation says, Blessed are those who read aloud the word of this testimony. You know, when we want to read the word of God sometimes, the devil just makes us to just be reading his, uh, like we are reading a poem. You are reading power. It is the word that created the heavens and the earth. It is the word that created breath into a human being. It is the word that brought vegetation out of dryness. The word of God is life. It is what you say it. And this scripture says to me, the people working in darkness have seen a great light. If that is not true, I will not be born again. My father will die as a wizard. You need to understand. It took power from heaven to set Africa free. To set India free. To set the witches in England free. Necromancers get saved. Magicians turn born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Those who sit in darkness, mediums, get saved because of the living Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The reason why he came is to set the captives free. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of the shadow of death, people who are at the ebb of death, that Satan had ordained them to be, to be dead and go to hell. People that Satan had clawed down on the, on, the, on the bed in the hospital, expecting them to die and take, him, take them to hell. Because of them, Jesus came. Those who are living in the shadow of death saw the light and they repented. And God redeemed their soul from hell and also redeemed their soul from death. He is the only one who can do that. His name is what? Jesus. That is his name. So, if you are in the shadow of death, you are confused. You don't know which way to follow. You have been bamboozed by all ideologies that have crippled your spirit and soul. You can be free today. I say you can be free. Really, I will say that you will be free today. Amen, somebody. I love the word of God. It's life. Satan runs when you read. Verse 3 says, he has enlarged the nation. Understand, it didn't say the nations. They were just 12. And from 12 today, we are billions. Who are born of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. Satan cannot mess up. The world system cannot take our heads. We dictate what happened in the world. We don't follow what the world dictates. That's the evidence of salvation. I love it. Look at this. He enlarged the nation and increased their joy. And everyone in Christ have the joy of the Lord in them. Amen. 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 But if you don't have the spirit of Christ, when you are told the truth, the spirit of rebellion from Satan begins to walk in you. You never have peace. You never have peace because the truth you have had, Holy Ghost will continue to convict you, remind you again and again. You never have peace. But if you are born of God, what happens to you? You have joy from the Lord. You love the truth. Hallelujah, somebody. It's not what you buy with money. Ideology cannot give this to you. My parents cannot give this to you. You say, my parents. It is an individual thing. I love it. This is why Jesus came. He came to set the captives free. Hallelujah forevermore. If you look at the scriptures further, he says, 
You enlarge the nation, increase their joy, they rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, ah, you have shattered the yoke. I want to understand this. These are the uh, instruments of Satan. Number one is yoke. Jesus shattered the yoke. Look at it. And he says, the yoke that burdens them and the bar across their shoulder. Let me turn my Bible to this. Wow, this is interesting. Yeah. It says, you, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them and the bars across their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor. So Satan, what does he do? He yoke people. When he yoke people, then he put bars on them. You know, he will dictate your life contrary to your will. Once you are yoked with him, how does he yoke with people? A yoke, those of you who are, you know, a good number of you who have not been farmers, you, don't, you may not understand what the scripture is talking about. A yoke is a bar with one, uh, you know, uh, perpendicular uh, rod that has a cultivator. And you have one bull here, and the neck of the bull is tied to the bar. I have another bull there, and the head of that bull is tied to the second, the, end, the other end. But you see, the one that is here, his hook is flexible. He is the big bull. But the other bull is the smaller one. The, the, the yoke on his neck is, is fixed spindle. So that when the big bull turns this way, the other one is forced against his will to do what he's doing. What is the world dictating that you are doing? Come on, let me tell you something to you. You think it's fashion? Piercing your nose is fashion? I showed you the idols who dictated, who brought that to the world. Men plaiting their hair, you think it's fashion? Put Chango priest there for me. I told you the demon that make men plait their hair. Boys putting earrings, they are shall go priest. If you are not, if you are born again and you do it, demon will possess you. It means you are not born again at all. A Christian can be upset, but a person who is not born again can be possessed. What it means is that Satan enters into you. You don't have to believe what I'm telling you. Hot water is not... It's not hot because you believe it's hot. Boiling water is not boiling because you believe it. Pour it on your body and then you will know that it's a hot boiling. Am I saying something to you? We came from family that worship Satan face to face and we are telling you what we know. What we used to do. What we knew. And so you have no power to say it's wrong. It is the fact. Women putting on skirts that their laps are showing. You think about it. Does that make you common sense? Opening your breast outside, does that mean with common sense? Does that look like a man is, that is sin? Is that not insanity? 
Demons who make you do that are laughing at you while they are oppressing you. And no one's prayer can deliver you. Come on now. You cannot yoke yourself with the devil and expect the grace of God to abound. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. I have made a vow with God to the last drop of my blood. I will address it all the time so that you can be free from the clutches of the devil. Jesus came to set the captives free. Sin is sin, not niece. Are you with me here? All those attitudes you engage yourself in and you lose your peace and you never have peace there from the devil's yoke. Wake up in the morning, you are sad. It's the devil that yokes you. Walk in the midst of your contemporaries and you are not free. Devil yokes you. Anything you do that has communicate you or make you look like a bad guy. Who is bad? Is it Jesus? It's devil that is bad. It's the spirit of Satan working in you to, make, to, to raise hatred against you. And you live in hurt and hate throughout your life and die and go to hell. Jesus came to set the captives free. Anyone that follows Jesus must renounce the world and follow him. If you are not ready to leave the world, don't come to Jesus. If you come to Jesus, get away with the world. Jesus is not looking for neither cold nor hot. And CLT is not looking for membership. We are looking for those who want to go to heaven. Hallelujah, somebody. I thought you put your hands together. If you sit under Apostle Williams, having the Lord taken me to heaven several times, I cannot come to this world to be wooed by you or to be respected by your, you know, your misbehavior. I know Satan that is working. I will kick the devil out of man, man. The truth will set you. The rod of Satan will be broken. The burden that the devil has put on you will be lifted. The bars across your shoulders shall be destroyed. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. You might use, go out to London and spread the news. Be bold to let people know the righteousness of God. Dress in the way that is sensible for a person who professes to be a child of God to dress. A woman opening her nakedness is the spirit of loss, and it comes from hell. Putting on so much tight stuff to get all your bumps to the public is from devil. They make jest of you when they see you. He came to set the captives free. Set him free. If you heard my voice today. You are bound to go to heaven. Yeah. By force, by fire, God will arrest you. Yeah. I say by force, by fire, he will arrest you. Yeah. This is why Jesus came. He says in verse 5, Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for Holy Ghost fire with the fuel of fire. Burning will be filled with fire. <clears throat> Everything the devil is doing in the life of the church, they shall soon be consumed with fire of the Holy Ghost. The church of God must be free. You come to the house of God to see people who are going to heaven, whose life is different, their dressing is different, their behavior, their speech is different to the world. Nothing in the world 
can appease to you. Satan had no carrots to dangle before you. Hallelujah. Because the warrior's boots have been set on fire. Then he now came with the good news. Shall we read verse 6 together, please? For to us, aha, uh-huh, mm-hmm, aha, uh-huh, mm, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Where did you quarrel before you left home today? On Christmas Day. You know, it's demon that make husband and wife quarrel on Christmas Day before they left home. Eh? God will destroy that devil in your house. That demon that caused problem in your house will not follow you home today. It is for freedom. On Christmas Day. The, even the Gentiles are celebrating Christmas and they are making themselves, themselves happy. They hide their fight till tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. Isn't it? I'm born again because you didn't dress well. You didn't dress up. You didn't dress up. And they fight. Going to church. House of God. A little patient. May God give you a drink of patience. Isn't it? You know, Satan is very stupid. But those stupid and foolish... But intelligent people, he, he finishes them with his folly. Isn't it? If you wake your wife up, you woke your wife up three hours, two hours to the service, and your wife, you know, she takes two hours to dress, you should have woken her up today, four hours, so that she can do that dressing. Amen? Rather you, who woke her up two hours to the time, knowing that it takes her two hours to dress, what do you think? You will come late. Should that cause problem? God deliver you. Amen. No problem. No problem. Go home and eat your chicken. And be happy. Come on, let me keep on and finish my word. Unto us a child is born. And to us a son is given. Now I'm going to finish my message for today. What is his purpose? He will be, no, and the government will be on his shoulder, and he will be called Mighty, Everlasting, Prince of, stop. Is the government of Jesus on, on you? It says the government will be on his shoulder. So anybody who comes to him submit under the government. Excuse me. Do you not understand what government is? What do government do? They make policies. Isn't it? And by their policies they provide for the citizen. All comfort. The first duty of the government is to protect the citizen, isn't it? And the second duty is to make sure that they don't starve. Yeah? Everybody is eating fine. Hmm? They provide roads for them. They provide comfort for them. All other things they do for people is just for them not to starve. And then they ensure security of people. Isn't it? 
And by, to ensure your security, they will give you policies, do's and don'ts. That's the reason why someone can't just come and break down your door and say, give me your money. Because the government had made laws that you can't just go and penetrate somebody else's house. Even a policeman cannot just walk into your house. He's trespass. Unless he has the charge to do it. And the charge must come with a purpose. And as a citizen, you have right to challenge any policeman when it steps into your gate. Excuse me, who, who asked you to come here? And he cannot say, I'm a police, I can just come in. Then you pin him straight away. And make sure he pays with his nose in England. Police is not an authority. He's an enforcer of the law. Parliament is the authority. Am I talking to you? But all these things constitute a government. So they have the law enforcers. They have policy makers. They have the law makers. All is protect you. And make sure you are well cared for. To make sure you are not cheated by any employer. They make laws. To make sure that you have a good heart in the country, nobody can do evil to you. And if they do, they will arrest them. And make sure you are not a lawbreaker. If you break the law, they will enforce the law. That's when the police will knock your door. And if you are, if you are a very bad, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know ruthless uh, a lawbreaker, they, they have something, I've seen them before, they break people's door, want something, they hit it on your door, your door will break, <laughs> because there's something behind, because you have broken the law. So the government of Jesus, he has rules and regulation, and his rules, you don't make it, I don't make the rule for him, nobody makes the rule for, for English, in, in, uh, the, 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 the legislators in England, excuse me, he makes rules for you, what is the rule? He makes rules for you through the scriptures, so that you and I can be sane, so that you and I can know what to do, what not to do. So that you and I can succeed in life with comfort, with ease, without headache. It does not matter where you are born, who born you, you can rule in this country. John Major grew up in Brixton. He became prime minister. You don't have to go to Oxford, Cambridge before you prime minister this country. He didn't go to Oxford and Cambridge. Am I talking to you? So that you and I can live a good life. And that is what Jesus is all about. Anything outside this, no Jesus. His government, your government must be surrendered to him. So that you no more govern yourself. He governs you. Hallelujah. It is after he had governed you that you will see that tied to happening. And he will be called wonderful counselor. It is he who you will go to in any problem. You don't run to people first for counsel. You run to Jesus first for counsel. You have the Holy Spirit of God. That's what we have been treating over the past few days. You have the mind of Christ. Second Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. You have the mind of Christ to instruct you. You have the Holy Spirit inside you in the book of John to teach you all things. So he becomes a counselor. Peer pressure cannot happen to you. Your peers don't tell you what to do. They are confused too. You don't have marital issues and go to another married person to tell you because you also have issues. I will meet you with me now. If you tell me that, Apostle, you are, I'm having this condition, use this medicine and it will cure you. The first thing Apostle will say to you that, have you had that sickness before? Did you use that medicine? Did it cure you? Give me evidence. No, well, you're not a doctor, you're not a pharmacist, and I'm having a headache. And you said that Panadol will cure you. You're not a doctor. My headache, you don't know what causes it. You are not a pharmacist. Eh? So it is. We have, we, you, you and I, 
have come to the time to recognize. The reason why you have been misled in counsel is because many times when you need counsel, you leave the counselor and went to a counselor. You know, I've said to those who are marrying, if you want to marry in this church, and you're going to pay those the court counselor to counsel your marriage, you just waste your money. Let me tell you the principle. When you went to university and you studied all courses, and you have graduated in university for three years, tell me all what you did when you were at university. Can you remember everything you have done? No, it's not possible. It's not possible. Which among all the general things that you did, you are using in the office, even where you are working may be totally different from what you studied. There is a counselor that knows you before you were born. His name is Jesus. He is the only one who can speak to you without bias. Regardless of how weak you are. He's the only one who can tell you when you are right and you are wrong. Excuse me. If you go to man, it's possible for man to, to sympathize with you. And because of sympathy, mislead you. Not because they deliberately want to mislead you. Especially the counselors themselves who have not been married, they only have certificates. You know, it's a counselor, professional counselor, they never married and they are advising a married person. I don't know how that can be. I, I, I can't understand how a married man can carry his wife to a person who never handled one woman before. And then he's saying that he's chattered and professional counselor is telling you. What can he tell you? What can he, he, he knows nothing. He will program you for destruction. But there is a counselor who has written the word of God concerning marriage, concerning life, concerning success. Concerning power, concerning unction, concerning anointing, anything you will need on earth, he has written it in the Bible, and you can always go to him first, and he will be your counselor. That's what he is. That's what he is. Even in situations that you have to need professional counsel from somebody, you tell him first, so that he can use that person and tell you the right thing. Am I talking with you? He should be your wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He's the one you serve. He's the one you revere. And he said, He is the everlasting Father. Those who are confused whether Jesus is God or not God. This, this scripture, he didn't say he is the Father. He said everlasting. And his capital letter, Father. Somebody said to me, How can he be the Son and be the Father? When you get to heaven, if you, if you see him, ask him. It is like a child wrote a question on Friday. I didn't read the question. I said it must be for me, sir. He said, Apostle, how are children made? You know, I recognize that it's a child, isn't it? Because he's asking how are children made. How do you, how do children come? come? He hasn't, that child probably must be a child that they have, the, the mother hasn't given birth to another child after him. So he didn't see the mother bring another human being home. So he's asking Apostle that. Apostle, how are children made? Huh? <laughs> Come on now. Let God be God in your life. He is the Father. He is the Son. And He is the Holy Spirit. And it says, the Prince of Peace. That Prince means author. The one who manufactures peace. And of course, the last verse. Shall we rise up together as we read this?
place. Thank you for such rising. I think I preached very briefly tonight, today. Yes, yes, yes. I'm watching the time. I'm watching the time. It's a new dawn, you see. Apostle just keep on going, 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 going. No. <laughs> we have been hearing God for the past seven days over the same matter. Come on now. Shall we read this together? Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Somebody say amen. amen. And then it says further, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establish it, <laughs> upholding its... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How long? How long? How long? How long? The peace of God is with you forever. The counsel of God is with you forever. The government of God is over you forever. And I love this. He says, shall we say together, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. Say it again. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish Say it one more time. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. Lift up your voice and begin to worship God. Yea, Lord, that is the Holy Spirit of God will accomplish it. It's not by power or by might. It is by the Spirit of the Most High. He will accomplish it. Whatever you are seeking God for next year, it will be accomplished by the Spirit of the Most High. Lift up your voice and worship Him. That's the message of Christmas. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Begin to declare, I am free. I am free. I am free. Bless the name of the Lord. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. Your success is not determined by man. It is determined by the everlasting Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Is there somebody in the house? Why don't you thank Jesus for this many? The splendor
by the message of today you would like to give your life to Jesus, it's quite very simple. Just bow your heads and ask the Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I'm, I'm fed up of the way I used to live. Say that in your heart and really mean it. Tell the Lord I need your help. I ask you to forgive me of all my reckless life. I want you to lead me from this time. I want to receive you as my Lord and my Savior. If you mean that prayer in your heart, pray it in your own way. If you mean that prayer in your heart, let me tell you, you are welcome to the wagon of Jesus Christ. It is only Jesus, it is only in Jesus we can find rest for our soul. And it is only in Jesus that we can escape the rot to come. God has not appointed humanity for rot. May the Lord continue to bless you, strengthen you. And from the Christ Faith Tabernacle Cathedral, I want to say Merry Christmas and a very prosperous New Year. And if you're online, join us again by the end of this week on the 31st. We have morning service and then in the evening, we are going to tarry into the new year. The Lord has spoken to us about the new year. And there is a lot of revelations that God has given concerning the new year, really from 2024, things that will happen global to 2027. And I will want to say that, join us. If you live locally, we're in Woolwich, why don't you join us also, uh, so that we can worship the Lord together into the new month. Certainly, regardless of the shaking and terrifying occurrences that will happen in the globe, which is more than what you are seeing right now, there is a rising sun for those who connect their heart unto the Lord. This church is, is, you know, focused on making sure you have personal relationship with God and personal connection uh, with the Son of God. And so, by the grace of God, on the 31st, we will open our heart and mind to see what heaven is saying. It will be a great time. And thank you for coming, and God bless you. Put your hands together for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we thank God once again for revealing Himself further unto us. And thank you, Apostle Sir, for taking us along on this journey. Uh, it's offering time. Yes, as we prepare for our offerings, I just want to read a couple of scriptures. Isaiah 9 2 that we read says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has done. Romans says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And indeed, since we have offered our bodies unto God as living sacrifices, then giving our earthly treasure, I know, will not be a struggle to offer unto Him. So without the understanding of this, I would like us to prepare for our offerings. I the bank details is on the board so let's fill punch the numbers appropriately and if we would like to give with envelope the green envelope is for those who are under the 
tax threshold while the blue envelope is for those within the threshold. Shall we bow down our head as we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for another privilege we have to be in your presence. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the strength to work. We thank you for the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to produce wealth. Lord, as we come before you, Lord, with our offering, we thank you for a grateful heart and a joyful heart that you have given unto us. In Jesus' holy name we have prayed. Can I invite us to... Rise on our feet as the choir lead us into God's presence.
And so, Heavenly Father, this is the holy offering brought by your holy people. Lord, let your holy fire from heaven come down and consume this holy sacrifice. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Shall we be seated, please? Praise the Lord. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, is it Happy Christmas, Merry New Year? Praise the Lord. Well, is anyone joining us in this auditorium for the very first time? If this is your first time with us, Christ Faith Tabernacle, on this wonderful Christmas Day service, can I invite you to please raise your hand wherever you are? If you're joining us for the very first time, please, please stand. Please stand. Well, indeed, you're welcome to Christ's faith tabernacle, where the Lord himself is building overcomers for tomorrow. Thank you for being a part of today's service. We trust that you've been blessed. The ushers have given you a pack. Within it, there is a form. Please complete the form and return it to the ushers before you leave the auditorium this morning or afternoon, as the case might be. Praise the Lord. Just to remind us that um, we're having our, we've had part of today's morning service our daily prayers and tomorrow evening we will be meeting online at 8 p.m online 8 p.m tomorrow tuesday on wednesday we'll be meeting here in person as well as online but primarily in person I encourage to be here in person from 7 p.m., especially JTA. JTA from 7 p.m., and then we'll switch into our normal daily prayer sessions at 8 o'clock. But please join in person if you can. It's also a midweek service. So please don't, don't go shopping. Or if you go shopping, do window shopping and leave your cards at home. Because then if you go and you find out you really, really, really need it, then go back home and get your wallet. And if it's no longer there when you get there, it's because you didn't need it in the first place. It's okay. Praise the Lord. Please always make sure that when you go out for sales, don't move the disused articles of the store into your storehouse. Because a sale is only a sale if you need the item. Let's jump over that very quickly. Online, again, on Thursday. And on Friday, we have here Overcomers Night Vigil. The last Overcomers Night Vigil for the year 2023. How many people are looking forward to it? How many of us are really excited about Friday Overcomers Night Vigil? And how many of us have testimonies to share? Wow, I like that. Please write your testimonies and please do something for me for a change. Write it, read it in a mirror to yourself. You think it's it's interesting rehearse it if you don't like the sound of it perfect it and so that when you come out here you would deliver exactly what the lord would have you to deliver and you would stop me from saying um um your timing you know time it 
Give yourself a maximum of three minutes. If you're allowed five minutes on the day, then you've got luxury. And if you're asked to do two minutes only, you can cut it back as well. Praise the Lord. But please come in to share testimonies. It will be celebration, testimony time all through Friday. And of course, next week or next Sunday, we have a double, double barrel service. One, we're having Thanksgiving service. It's a joint service here at 10 a.m. on Sunday. And in the evening, we're having a watch night service as we usher in 2024. Of course, there's lots of things happening in the new year. But we'll pick this up as we go on in the course of the week. First, second, third, victory night, of course. And there is a special program that Apostle announced a few days ago for the Saturday. Question and answer time. And it's only going to be in person. So we'll keep you all abreast of that. And the Lord bless you richly. Well, I targeted three minutes. I did five. Can I welcome Apostle? I think I will subtract two from mine to balances. Shall we rise up together, please? Are you blessed this morning at all? I wanted to go back home with the joy of Christmas and all things become new in your life. Shall we read together the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is thy kingdom, thy power, and thy glory, forever and ever. Amen. Shall we lift up our right hand to heaven as we share the grace in Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now, may the God of peace have brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Turn to somebody and read the grace in Second Corinthians 13, 14 to them. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, Fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now. And to yourself, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Can I just say this before we close? Uh, the, the prayer session on Wednesday, I want all youths to be there. There will be a special decision about the youth group. So if you are a youth, those of you who are in your, um, especially if you are from uh, 17 upwards, uh, please make sure you are there. All ordained deacons and deaconesses endeavor to be there. And of course, elders and pastors and their spouses. For the church, I entreat you to make it. There is something special for us for, the, for that day Wednesday. Shall we just stretch our hand before the Lord? May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May God send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May God remember all your sacrifices 
and accepts your burnt offering, which stands for your prayers. May God give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will all shout for joy when we are victorious and we shall be victorious in every battle. May the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, may he open a book of remembrance concerning you. And may the God of Bethel, who appeared unto Abraham and Jacob at Bethel, may he reveal himself to you, changing your dreams to visions. In Jesus' holy name we are praying. There shall be shouts of blessing, it will fall in your heart. and the ushers will lead you out row by row.